You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk all about Giannis meeting with the Milwaukee Bucks ownership and what that means for Oklahoma City and also what the Clippers game tonight means for Oklahoma City, and while we're at it, let's just go ahead and preview the Eastern Conference Finals. But I do want to start uh, with the fact that this show was named Podcast of the Week on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you know that's a big deal because we have such a fantastic network here. The Pod of the Week is uh, just nominated, and it's it's given to uh, the podcast that, that they view as best for the week from everyone, not just the NBA, but from everyone, and to know the talented people and hosts we have on this network and shows that we have on this network, uh, it's been awesome uh, to get this award, but it's all thanks to everyone who has listened, and this opportunity has been so amazing uh, to be able to host this show. It's something I've truly uh, strived for and thought about for a long, long time. I've listened to Locked on Mavericks for a long time, Locked on Thunder, and I've always wanted to get involved with the network, and so to be involved with this network on two different shows, Locked on Thunder and Locked on Royals, and also seeing the listener numbers for this show continue to rise uh, while I've been the host has been incredibly humbling, and I will say that that, uh, we will continue on this journey, and I say we because even though I'm a solo host, I do include every single one of you listening as a part of this show, and that's why you can interact with the show on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and uh, at Lo Thunderpod on Twitter as well. You can call into the show for 0536271281828, or you can email the show Lo Thunderpod at gmail.com. I want there to be as many ways for you to get involved, have your takes heard. Uh, that is possible. I mean, if you can call in if you have a phone, if you don't have Twitter, you can use email. Uh, that should really cover everyone. And so you can get involved with this show. And I want you to get involved with this show. Uh, but of, of all the honors of climbing the iTunes, uh, Apple podcast charts, of all that, uh, being part of the week on this network is very special because of how great this network is. And again, that's all attributed to what you guys have done listening to the show and all of that. So I do want to say that on the front end. But I do want to get into this Milwaukee Bucks news. And the Bucks ownership has met with Giannis, and Giannis met with the Bucks ownership. Uh, this report started this weekend, uh, and then we got the kind of, I don't want to say details. We didn't get, we did not get all that much, but we got some details today from Woj uh, that the meeting went well, I guess. It depends what Giannis wanted to hear. Uh, but the Bucks ownership said, look, we're going to do everything we can to improve this team, including going into the luxury tax, including improving this team in any way we can. And why that matters for Oklahoma City is the best player on this market not only needs the Bucks to go into the, to the luxury tax, but is on the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's Chris Paul. He is the best player that is going to be available this offseason. The very best. So, for the Bucks, if you do want to prove to Giannis that you will try everything to not only keep him happy, but keep evolving that roster and to keep trying and trying and trying to improve, Chris Paul does that. 
Now, Giannis didn't follow all of his teammates on Twitter and everyone associated with the Bucks. Uh, he follows a Laker, but the Laker is his brother, so no need to be alarmed by that. I, I do believe he's only following people within his management group and family. Uh, I've heard that this is what he does every offseason. I've never known it to be the case, but I also have never followed Giannis' social medias and his trends on social media, so I don't know for a fact if it is or is not the case. But the fact of the matter is he didn't follow all of his teammates. To me, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think that these guys make all the decisions we think that they do on social media. Um, it could be a big story if he does request a trade. If he doesn't, obviously, it was nothing. So I'm not going to spend time wondering if an unfollow is meaningful or not. Look, we know this offseason, especially with how much time he has to think about this, this is not going to be a rushed offseason that we once thought it did. I mean, if you remember when the bubble plan got announced, we were on this podcast saying, look, this offseason is going to be so fun. It's going to be back to back to back to back to back. We're going to have the bubble play, the playoffs, the draft, the free agency two days later, and then we're going to have the season starting before Christmas. And now it's like, yeah, the season might start on Christmas, but it's probably going to start uh, in jo in January sometime. The draft's not going to be till November 18th. Like, it's all been pushed back, so he's going to have a lot of time to make his decision on his future entering this last year under contract with the Bucks. So unfollowing the teammates to me does not does not sway me one way or the other what I think he's going to do. Uh, if anything, it puts a a point in each column. So after the after the elimination, he said all the right things that he is going to. Uh, be back. He's going to run through the wall. It was very Kevin Durant-esque. He's not going to go join a super team. He's not going to request a trade at all. He's going to see that obstacle in front of him and try to run through it. Uh, it was very Kevin Durant-esque. And then on, on social media, he unfollows everyone like uh, two days later. So it puts a point in either one of your sides. If you're on the side of he's not going to request a trade, you have that interview. If you're on the side of he's going to request a trade, you have the social media aspect of it. Uh, but moving on from that, if the Bucks improve around Giannis, and to me they should, to me, you're not going to get a haul worth losing Giannis for. Even if you lose Giannis the next year, okay? And, and this is what people I don't think understand about Kevin Durant. The only thing about Kevin Durant that you might wish he did was a sign and trade, but but to me, you shouldn't have traded Kevin Durant. Even if he said in November. Look, fellas, I am not coming back. No matter if we win a championship or not, I am going to Golden State. That's where I want to be. You don't trade him because why would Golden State give up a haul for Kevin Durant if he's already said, look, I'm leaving and I'm going to go test the market. If they believe they can sign him in for agency, they're not going to ruin their future to get him now. No smart organization is going to do that. So like if Giannis comes out this, you know, in, in two weeks and says, I want to be in Miami. That's one of the destinations that's floated out there for him. I want to be in Miami. Miami's not going to trade Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and two first-round picks to get Giannis when they could just wait basically half a season because this season is going to be so all over the place. Who knows how many games they're even going to get in uh, this next season? They're not going to tr they're not going to trade their entire future for Giannis. You're not going to get the return for Giannis you want to. And, and even if the Thunder traded Kevin Durant that year, they would have gotten the return that they wanted to. So you you're more apt and it's more beneficial for you to go all in for this final year if you have the privilege of knowing it's the final year or not. So trade for Chris Paul. Truly improve the team. Try your best to get that championship because although we just saw it with Kawhi Leonard, it's a lot harder to leave a place as you're a champion. Kawhi Leonard did it. He set a precedent, but it's a lot harder to, to leave a place as a champion. So should the Bucks get Chris Paul? Should they try to trade for Chris Paul? Absolutely. In my opinion, you absolutely go 
for Chris Paul, you absolutely try to make this move. He's the best player on the market, and you're trying to improve your team at any cost necessary, even if that's going into the salary tax, into the luxury tax. And the question becomes, as we talked about yesterday, what package does Milwaukee have? And what would Oklahoma City feel comfortable getting back in return? What would they want for Chris Paul that Milwaukee can offer? What does Milwaukee bring to the table in a Chris Paul swap? Because it should be pretty evident, and I think it is pretty evident, that Milwaukee would be all in on Chris Paul because you can't make this promise to Giannis and run back the exact same team. I'm not sure how you make this promise to Giannis and bring back Coach Bud. I'm just not sure. So you look at this and you go to the always reliable trade machine. The trade machine never fails. It creates so much hope and optimism for teams looking to improve their team and to play the armchair GM. And why not play some armchair GM? We're in the middle of the offseason right now for the Thunder, even though there's still playoff games going on, of course. But for the Thunder, it's the offseason. Why not get involved with a little Chris Paul swap to the Bucks? So you put Chris Paul over to the Bucks right here on the on the trade machine NBA.com, whatever this is called. I'm not sure. I'm not on the ESPN trade machine because the ESPN trade machine is a mess right now. I don't know what the heck is happening over there. That's the one I usually use, but I'm not there right now. So you look at what they have to offer. And I think that it would be pretty clear of these players, the Thunder would need Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, who else? I mean, they're not, you're not going to get Chris Middleton as your main piece, I don't think, uh, involved in this trade. I think that you're going to have a guy like George Hill to the Thunder as part of that salary deal. Dante DiVincenzo as part of you know the um, asset building. And we can complete this trade after I tell you about our good friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You probably still had dial-up internet and you could not work your email properly, but you could have been buying auto parts online at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is fantastic, and my favorite thing about it is their website because their website is so easy to use and navigate that it makes me feel comfortable. And that's hard to do, to make me feel comfortable at a place like Rock Auto because I know nothing about cars, but I don't have to know anything about cars because what they do is they allow me to take my make, my model, my year, and put them into the website, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with that vehicle. And so I'm not wasting any money or any time because if they didn't do that for me, if they didn't show me only what I could use, I would be clueless on what to do. I wouldn't know a single thing about auto parts. I wouldn't know what I was buying or what I was getting into. And you don't want to go to a dealership or an auto parts store in town because they're just going to upcharge you. Skip the upcharge, go to rockout.com, tell them Lockdown sent you, and the how did you hear about this box? So with this Milwaukee Bucks trade, you're going to have to match the salaries. And I don't think Milwaukee gives up Chris Middleton, obviously, not for Chris Paul. And you're looking at George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. George Hill makes $9.5 million. Eric Bledsoe makes $16.8 million. And then you throw in Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo, the shooting guard that stands 6'4", 
is going to be owed $3 million over the next two years. Uh, and Eric Bledsoe's over the next three years. And then George Hill, of course, over the next two years. And Chris Paul, of course, is owed 41.3 over the next two. So the Thunder get back for Chris Paul, George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, Dante DiVincenzo, and a 2020 first-round pick from the Bucks. although that, that pick is owed uh, via the, the Pacers. So you're going to get moved up a little bit from where the Bucks originally picked, of course. Uh, and then also... I couldn't decide whether or not Milwaukee would do an additional first round pick. And this goes into the whole, you know, teams are getting desperate. We see the list of teams growing by the minute for a Chris Paul trade, right? Almost half the league wants Chris Paul. And I think they would throw in a first round pick. Now, my, now my dilemma was you can't trade it in back to back years. And I don't know what they would do with the future of their draft picks because the future of Giannis is not stable. So, for example, I ultimately settled on the 2024 draft class. You trade the 2024 first-round pick, but it's a lottery protected, and it has a lot of different protections on it. That way, if you're in the lottery, then for the Bucks, you keep the pick, and it eventually will convey to the Thunder Likely as a second round pick, but you have that wishful thinking of maybe it'll be a late first round pick if all goes well and Milwaukee somehow convinces Giannis to stay. But then again, I can see where Thunder fans are feeling like, hey, look, maybe that wasn't the best trade possible. And that's why I think that the Bucks make an interesting partner, because I just don't know. I just don't know what the Bucks are willing to do because they don't have any assets on their actual team. I mean, outside of Dante DiVincenzo, who is that asset? And I think that Dante DiVincenzo, if Shea can become the point guard and the playmaker you want him to be, I think that Dante DiVincenzo can be a perfect, a near perfect fit next to Shea, especially in some situational packages and some situational lineups that Dante DiVincenzo can be really good. I like his shooting ability. I like what he can provide on the floor. But he's their only trade piece that's on the roster right now. And to take back that Bledsoe deal and that George Hill deal for just DiVincenzo in a, in a first-round pick this year, which is uh, right behind yours, so you'd be picking at 24 and 25 in this year's draft, is that enough for Chris Paul? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself of what Chris Paul's value could be. And then you have that 2024 draft pick, which – I could go either way on if it's protected or not, but I do think that the, if the Bucks are going to trade future first-round picks, they're going to have some protection in there just because it's totally unsure if Giannis is going to stay. And if Giannis doesn't stay, this team is a lottery team, and you don't want to be trading lottery picks. So it's it's interesting, right? I don't know what the Bucks can do. I'm not so sure myself if this is enough as a trade that I've put together here. I'm really not. I will say, when the Thunder take back contracts, I've seen a lot of people freaking out over taking back Tobias Harris. Oh my gosh, the Tobias Harris contract. Oh no, oh no, the Thunder won't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. The Tobias Harris contract is, it's, no, no, it's too big. Relax. They're going to lose Chris Paul by trading him. They're going to have an expiring contract with Steven Adams, expiring contract with Dennis. They're going to lose Andre's big contract. He's, in, he's a free agent this year. Relax. The cash situation is fine. You're going to take back money to be able to trade Chris Paul. That's how this works. And you're going to have to hit the salary cap floor. 
Tobias Harris is a fine contract to take back if they are willing, the 76ers are willing to attach the proper assets to it. It's a totally fine contract. Let's not act like the Tobias Harris contract is just brutal. Is it brutal for a winning team? Yeah, it is. The Sixers hate that they gave up that contract. But for a team like the Thunder, who's looking to tank and is also getting off of money from Gallinari's free agent, Andre's a free agent, Adams is an expiring deal, so his money comes off the book. And, and even if you re-sign him, even if you're someone who wants to keep Adams around for the long term uh, to be a culture setter, the new era of basketball, the new wave of basketball, is not giving Adams a $27 million deal. So even if they don't trade that expiring contract and even if they keep him and re-sign him, it's not going to be for a lot of money. The $15 million from Dennis is expiring, comes off the book after this year. And then you have no one else on your team. Everyone else is making $2 million or less. They're fine. If they want to take back the Tobias Harris contract, it's perfectly fine. The Tobias Harris contract is huge for a winning team. $34 million for four years. Not so much for a team like the Thunder. Because a team like the Thunder is not going to get free agents. So even if Tobias Harris says that four-year deal creeps into the window in which you want to compete again, he's still going to be a pretty good player. And you're still going to have a lot of rookies. I mean, you're building blocks on this team. The only people that is confirmed to be on this roster the next time you want to win. Shea, Baisley, and Dort. And then hopefully you can draft Cade Cunningham next year in the next draft. And hopefully whoever you pick this year turns out to be pretty good. For four years, those are young, controllable contracts. And those are the only contracts you for sure have on your books. So if the Sixers want to offer you Tobias Harris and you know your first round pick back this year and your first round in a first round pick in 2022, if they want to do that, let them. And, and if they want to do if they want to do uh, Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibel, let's go. Just let's do it. Where do I sign? The contract is scary on the surface, but it's not in reality. You've got to look past the bigger picture here. You're losing the $16 million from Andre. You're losing the $27 million from Adams after this year. You're losing Gallinari. You're losing your big cap guys. Chris Paul, even. So, it's totally fine to take back Tobias Harris. That's kind of been the one that's on Twitter today, is about... Tobias Harris and how terrible that trade would be. No, I think that the Sixers have a pretty nice package. If they're going to throw in there uh, a Harris and a Thibel, Harris and a couple picks, I mean, sheesh. I, I don't know how much better you're going to get for a Chris Paul than that. Because Tobias Harris, while he's not the number three guy that Philadelphia wanted him to be, he can still help this team score. He can still help this team win at the end of that contract. And again, it's easy to move expiring deals. It's easy to move guys at the end of their contracts. It's easy to move guys like Tobias Harris. So I'm totally fine if they want to take back that Tobias Harris contract. Coming up, I do want to talk all about the Eastern Conference Finals, but I want to get into a little bit about uh, the Clippers game tonight. The Game 7, two best words in sports. The Clippers take on the Nuggets. And the Clippers have blown big leads in the last two games and couldn't clinch this series. And... 
it sounds like they're falling apart a little bit. I know that Paul George is saying, look, we're not panicked from the driver's seat still. No, you're not. In game seven, I don't think there is a driver. I think that it's on autopilot. It's a Tesla. No one's really driving it right now in game seven. It's a toss-up. No one's at the wheel. The Nuggets or the Clippers. So I do want to get into what the Clippers can do tonight coming up. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. The only podcast that brings you a new episode about the Thunder every single day. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Or call into the show, 405-362-7128. Or email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. And I wanted to get into this Game 7 tonight. The two best words in sports, Game 7. The Clippers take on the Nuggets. And a lot of people on Twitter are saying how great this would be for the Thunder if the, if the Clippers lose. They have no direction. The Thunder hold their future. Yada, yada, yada. Right? And it's true. The Thunder hold their future. It's true. The Clippers have no assets right now. But if they lose to the Nuggets and Kawhi gets that itch to stir up some trouble and to force his way into a Paul George trade, forces Bomber and the, and the Clippers to trade Paul George. That's going to net the Clippers back assets and set up their future. I know the playoff th- P thing is funny. He's still going to get you something on that trade market to recoup, to recoup some assets. Now, they're not going to get the haul Oklahoma City did. That was a once-in-a-lifetime once thing. That is a special set of circumstances where the Clippers viewed that as trading for both Paul George and Kawhi. But if this doesn't work out and they lose to the Nuggets, maybe Kawhi, this is not a guarantee, but maybe Kawhi wants Paul George out and then they can get some future assets back. Because right now, if they lose to the Nuggets and they run it back for one more year, it's a lot of uncertainty. For Oklahoma City to own all of your picks, for you to head into this season with one last for sure go, and Kawhi and Paul George are both free agents after the season, that's tough. Now, I don't think that Kawhi will leave. I don't think that Kawhi will leave LA. I don't think he'll go to the Lakers. So, I feel comfortable on that, but it's also Kawhi Leonard. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with anything. I mean, who would have thought that he would have left the Raptors after winning a title? I, I thought that, hey, maybe that can convince him to stay at least one more year, but it didn't. And again, he just proved yet again, he is a different guy. I mean, he's going to do his thing. I think his thing is going to be with the Clippers for probably the rest of his career, but I don't know that for sure because it's Kawhi. So, I don't think losing to the Nuggets is the is the best thing for Oklahoma City because it could it could end up netting them back assets to improve that team. If you trade for if you trade Paul George away, get assets back and then make a big splash for someone who fits better with Kawhi and that team gets even better, then you really are going to get pits, picks back in like the 30s. I I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. I really don't. And if you beat the Nuggets tonight and then you push the Lakers a little bit to, you know, six, seven games. Then you just run it back with the same team. And we talked about that that's the more risky option here. You run it back with the exact, the exact same team. Neither one of these guys are reliable. I mean, look at Paul George. I mean, he demands out of, out of Indiana, goes to Oklahoma City, signs up to stay in Oklahoma City, does not want to jump ship to the Lakers. You know, Spurs, LeBron has that big party in Oklahoma City. And Edmund is, is, is a cult hero for a small market. 
year's time, requests a trade, goes out to L.A., plays with the Clippers. After we all thought he was going to play for the Lakers. He's a bit flaky. Kawhi, he's his own guy. He's not, Kawhi is going to do whatever Kawhi wants to do. And I think he wants to be in L.A., but I don't know that for sure. So winning this series and then having a competitive series or even going to the finals with this roster is a much better option for Oklahoma City because it, it truly does not allow them any flexibility. Because you're not going to blow this team up, I don't think, if you get to the Western Conference Finals, if you get to your goal right there. But maybe they do. It's kind of weird, but I think that the one thing that really opens that door is losing in the second round to the, to the Nuggets. I think that's the one thing that truly opens the door of trading Paul George and getting some assets back and recuperating some of those assets that you lost. And then I quickly want to talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. This is an interesting matchup to me, and credit to the Heat for doing what I don't think anyone thought was possible. Uh, and it hurts Pat Riley, especially Pat Riley could have traded for Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. And at that time, Minnesota wanted Bam and wanted Josh Richardson and you know wanted a, a lot of guys from Miami. And when he didn't do that deal, some people kind of laughed at him, kind of laughed at, at Pat Riley for not pulling the trigger on Bam and Jay Rich for Jimmy Butler. So he waits and he finds a way out of that white side contract. And then he makes his move for Jimmy Butler later on when it's more advantageous for the Heat. And in a year in which this was supposed to be a reset year, and, and I say reset, not rebuild. What I mean by reset is, okay, you've got your guy, Jimmy Butler. You've got a nice little pick inside the hero who Oklahoma City fell in love with, especially the fan base fell in love with, including myself. You have Bam, who was turning into an all-star and was an all-star this year. This was supposed to be the year in which you get to the postseason, or a tough out in the second round, hat tip to them, they're coming, and they have a lot of money to spend in 2021. In a loaded for agency class, I have a ton of money to spend, and Pat Riley is already talking about wanting that big whale. That was supposed to be their season. But instead, they get out of that white side contract, which was just abysmal. They get to the Western Conference Finals, and they have a legitimate chance, in my opinion, to go to the Finals. Tyler Hero has been amazing, has been why Thunder fans fell in love with him, again, including myself, before the draft. And in my opinion, with, with Duncan Robinson and Spo and what they have on that roster, bam. Butler, again, hero, <laughs> what they, Drogic, what they have on that roster. I'm taking Heat in seven, but I do want to give a hat tip to the Celtics as well because they knocked out my title pick of the Raptors. I've been in the Locked On uh, Podcast Network NBA Championship poll. I have been pounding the table for the Raptors. They're going to repeat. They have Nick Nurse, who I think is the best coach in basketball. They have Pascal Siakam, who just did not show up in the postseason. They have Kyle Lowry, as the most heart in basketball. I was pounding the table for the Raptors. Celtics got them. The Celtics got them good. Raptors showed a lot of fight in that series all throughout it, but just you, you can't do much when Siakam doesn't show up. And it kind of goes back to uh, what we talked about before about the coaches in the past of Oklahoma City. I mean, what was Nick Nurse to do whenever his guy in Siakam doesn't show up? That's kind of the that's kind of the major issue with coaches in, 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 in a sport like basketball where you're so reliant on the top guys. It's not like football. You can't draw up the most beautiful flea flicker with a comeback route on the seam that bursts you open for 20 yards. I, you've got to have the guys do their job in an isolated sport, especially in the postseason. So credit to the, the Celtics, though, for getting the Raptors this early on with, with the first year of Kemba, Daniel Tice played a big role. Tatum was a superstar. Brown, of course, was good. Credit to the Celtics for getting that getting that knockoff of the Raptors, who I picked all year long and before the postseason to go to the NBA Finals and win the championship. They didn't do that. But the Heat and 7 for me is the pick. But I think that this matchup 
is going to be one of the most interesting of the whole postseason. And it should be. I mean, you, you would hope as the NBA league that you get your most interesting matchups as the, as the season progresses. But I love what the Heat can do. And I also love watching Kemba in the postseason. He is phenomenal in any postseason setting, whether it's March Madness, whether it's the Big East Tournament, or the NBA postseason. He's phenomenal to watch. And Tatum as well. So I cannot wait for this to start tonight. You know, here at about 5.30 Central Time, I believe. I think it's on TNT as well. I'm not sure on that either. But I do know I cannot wait to watch this game. So I've got Heat and 7 in that one. I'm getting a little carried away with the Heat. I'll be honest with you. I never thought this day would come. After 2012, after, after 2006, I never thought I would find myself liking a Heat team. But I do like this iteration of the Miami Heat. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-E-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Call into the show with your voicemail. Leave your take, your opinion, whatever you want, a question at 405-362-7128. Leave a five-star Apple Podcast review with a question. We'll answer it on this show. And we'll be back tomorrow for yet another edition of Locked on Thunder. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.